Hello and welcome to the Nerd Base Podcast. This is Chris, Brian, and this is Richard. And Dave. Hey. Hey. Dave, I think you actually hit your record button. I heard the click like a second after we hit ours. Is that bad? You screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're just too fast for me. Uh we'll get that in post. <laughs> that's that's a fancy term. That's what uh, the big movie producers use. Fix it in post. They say they'll fix it in post. Okay, so clearly you need me to give you some structure here. <laughs> no, we're just starting. We're well, warming if, up, if, man. If, if, like this little, uh, little verbal foreplay. You know what people love about podcasts is when there's giant blocks of silence that they can just oh, fill with their own This thoughts. isn't silent. We're all... We're talking. We're... we're it's moments of yeah. zen at the beginning. Yeah. And, and uh, you know the middle of the show and the end of the show. Well, listen to listen yeah. to, to, to the podcast master over here. <laughs> master. I don't even listen to any. We're That's making fun of you now. But you haven't listened to you haven't listened to our own. Podcast? I listen to ours. Oh, okay. I, I just don't feel like any anyone else in the world who does a podcast really stacks up to us. And I'm just waiting. <laughs> I'm, waiting I'm waiting for them to step their game up. Really. All right, I'm behind you. I'm with that. I can't get with that point. <laughs> I, 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 I hope that one day I can. Yes. So, bring us in. Let's, uh, let's start this on the good foot and talk about what everybody's talking about. E3! Yay! Boo! <laughs> I mean, yay! Yay! So what's, All right. what's everybody's favorite system? Uh, coming out of it? Yeah. Brian, what are you, you going to buy from November? Well, I'm not going to buy... I mean, that's the big question, isn't it? What are you going to buy come November? You're either buying one of the systems or you're buying none of the systems. And maybe I can wait a little longer because they still have a lot of games coming well into 2014 like they did with the PS2 when the PS3 came out. Mm. So uh, if I had to, though, if someone was to, you know, to say, like, I'll give you $250 to invest in one of them. Okay, PS4. <laughs> All right, Richard. Uh, if... Nothing changes, and you know, I guess we'll get into those things or whatever. But if nothing changes as of right now, I'm gonna buy a PS4. Uh, I already pre ordered one. I'm hoping things change because I actually still kind of want my I'd rather have an Xbox One. Um, yeah, <laughs> David, yeah, I, I'm sort of like right with all, all these guys, you know, and uh, I would probably wait a little while, but um, the more. <sighs> Like I have, I have a lot of fealty to the systems that I had in the past, but sometimes you just gotta change sides, and I'm going to switch over to PS4 also. Hmm. I mean, this is the way a lot of the world went because Amazon.com had it as the number one seller. I mean, right yeah. after that happened, and it's still there. Yeah, it, it, I, I think that, and I'm hoping that Microsoft decides to change their practices slightly. Um, and if they do, I'm really, I'm ready to go back. Like the things that they showed at the press conference, in all honesty, looking back at all three press conferences, I actually still prefer the Microsoft press conference the most. Like the games that they showed off were more the type of games that I wanted to play. Like the exclusive games that they showed, like Rise, I thought looked interesting. I don't know if it looked great, but I'd mm. want to try it. Like the whole like Roman 300-esque looking game. Interesting too, because that was a Connect game. Yeah, that they showed before. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now it's not at all. And, and that, what does that say about Connect? That's that's the game that appealed to me too. And I've been saying forever that for some reason they never tap the market of going into ancient Rome. They cover mm-hmm. so many other time periods and genres, but never ancient Rome, which is such a like obvious video game time period in my mind. Uh, I'm excited for it, but ah, man, I, I don't know. It's not enough. Well, there was that one game that came out for PS2. It was like a sort of a Roman gladiator. Uh, oh, RPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the gladiator good. parts were fantastic, but yeah. then like you switch from the gladiator, I guess, trying to escape the gladiatorial life, to um, some like little weenie guy who is working all stealth behind the scenes, and the pacing of the game between those two aspects of it were really. It was kind of awful in that respect. It was a fun game. I can't even. It was a fun I game. I can't remember the name. I wish we knew the name. It was. It was, yeah. it was so long ago though. At this it was. Point. Like it was. It was, it was that was, yeah, so it was long quite ago. some time ago. Um, You're thinking of Gladiator. Gladiator. It was made in like 1984 in the arcades. Remember, you were just <laughs> no. a guy that just like stabbed things with a sword. It was awesome. No, no this was fun because each of the gladiators that you fought against or would fight as, you know, you had. It was a lot like Bushido Blade in a respect. One of your favorites, Dave. Absolutely, um, and and why the hell isn't Sony making a, a doing a remake of that? Anyway, that's all done. Go on. Sorry. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's a fighting game, and what we saw from Xbox One was a Killer Instinct. That's supposed to really bring us into a new generation. <laughs> I, I don't get that at all. I don't get and, that. And you have to buy the characters one by one. Is that how it's going? You get to be Jago. I, I think I think that's the free character that they give you, and then uh, then you pay to unlock more. I don't know if it's one at a time or what, what's going on I with that. I think they're just trying something. Yeah, they're 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 doing it because I think they're. If I I might have misread this because I I barely read it because I. Was Killer that I didn't care as much, but I think they're giving you the game for free. But then, yeah, maybe yes. you have to buy the characters separately. So at least it's like, hey, you get something here, and they give but... you the lamest character too. They give you, <laughs> right, you, they to give you jag off. I see how it could kind of work. Like you could try the game, yeah. yeah, and if you end up liking it, then you could start yeah, to buy, buy more characters. More. And by the time you get sick of it, you don't necessarily have to fill out your roster unless you love it. Which right. actually, even, just as we're discussing this whole thing now, I actually kind of like that game model because then it's like, all right, you're at least not spending sixty bucks for something that you may or may not like. Like, hey, here's this free thing. We're giving you something, and if you want pay for more things in this well, way like I, and if you want everything maybe in the end it'll cost you 60 bucks to buy everything I mean but if this were a, sh- a first person shooter I'll get back to you Dave in just one sec if this were a first person shooter and you only had the like the handgun and the more you played it you had to buy more guns <laughs> that'd be horrible right like I hope this isn't the precedent that's being set there if I didn't have to spend 60 bucks for it right off the bat I'm, I'd almost be down with that like if it was like oh hey uh, here's the next call, uh, modern warfare game or whatever if you were into that type of system and like hey maybe they'll charge you 20 bucks and you only get the stupid handgun but alright you pay an extra 5 bucks or something you can get whatever gun you like maybe you can get the game maybe for everything you'd want you might be able to spend 40 bucks instead of a whole 60 and if you wanted to alright you pay everything in, in reality we've been we've actually been doing this for, for a while now like okay so most recently, this is the way a lot of mobile app games work, where you where you yeah. have to keep upgrading it and buy more crap. And but we've been doing it long before that too. Like uh, like Richard, when we used to play Fantasy Star Online, and there were guys yeah. selling things on eBay, and you could buy the massive fucking gun, you know, for your character, and you know, sometimes there's a hack or something like that. But 
I guess they thought that they could tap into that market. I don't know if it'll work. I, it I might. feel like something like what you're saying with like Infinity Blade or something like that. Or World of Warcraft, even. They have those huge auctions in yeah. game where you can Diablo spend real 3. money. Diablo 3. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's a, it's, it's a long standing uh, platform of commerce in video games. Yeah. I was saying it, that mobile. It's really nothing though, new. Mobile, though, it was more like if you want to take the shortcuts, you can. And you can right. pay for them because you're a wealthy person who has nothing to do but spend money on imaginary swords. At, but well, at, at some point they give though, you enough in the game that that you've got enough of the game to have a sense that you earned your $5 or whatever. But it's also a drug. It also keeps yeah. you hooked. You know, it keeps yeah. you coming back. It gives you a little taste. I mean, it is a lot like, you know. Man, you don't know how much money I spent on balloons. And <laughs> <laughs> the sad truth, I just though, wanted to keep throwing parties. The sad truth, though, is that uh, I wound up probably spending, in 2013 so far, more time playing mobile games than I have playing console games just because of that whole they keep you hooked mentality. Like, I don't even... I'm almost glad there isn't a dash play counter on some of the games that I've played on my friggin' phone because I don't know... I don't know how many days I might have wasted in those stupid things versus what I... what. When I think about gaming, I think about going home and playing on a console and sitting there and enjoying myself, and instead I wind up playing whatever retarded thing is the new hotness. <laughs> Th three words on my end. Marvel Avengers Alliance. Oh my god. Which actually just launched for uh, iPad, iPod, and iPhone today. Um, that game on Facebook, I... I've played it straight for over a year now. I've got so many now. invitations mm. from Manix for that it's game. So I still haven't done it. My coworkers that sit around me, like it, it's almost like a actually now an entire circle. Like everyone that that sits around me, I think was either was or is still playing that game, and some of them put money into it too. So yeah, I mean, I I look at it, I pay like thirty bucks into the game, mm. but I look at it this way: I've been playing this game for over a year now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I owe them a little something. Yeah. You know, I owe the developers a little something. So why not? You know, it's it's like, I mean, people are going to, oh, you spend money on a Facebook game? I'm like, dude, you just bought, you know, uh, Madden for 60 bucks or whatever, yeah. you know? It's it's really not that and much different. And you probably played it longer that, than they'll play Madden for. Right. It's something that you enjoy. <laughs> if you enjoy it, then it makes sense. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Right. right. And, and which I do. That's a good point, because we're getting now into what PlayStation's doing that Xbox apparently isn't, which is that... PlayStation is being given what Xbox used to have, which is the flag of the indie developer. Mm. I mean, they're saying that PlayStation's, they're the ones that are going to give these people the chance to self-publish, and Xbox is not. It's so, so weird, because... I'm it's a, it's a reverse of it, right? Yeah, it's, it's total weird. reverse. Total reverse, you're right. Yeah, it's weird, because there was so many, like, the Xbox had, like, the Xbox indie, I forgot what it was called now, but they had their own indie marketplace where you can go in and buy a game for a dollar or two or whatever and try things out, and and then there was Xbox Arcade, which is still there, sort of, but in the new system, it's like, uh, we're just gonna fold it all into games, and we're not gonna have the indie section anymore. And I wish they would at least come out and explain why they're like, no, if they at least said, well, we tried it and it didn't work because of X, Y, and Z or something, but it's kind of just like, eh, we're getting rid of the system. I, and it really, it really wasn't present at their, at no, their well, conference. To me, it seems a little obvious why it's not going to be there. I mean, have you milled around in the indie games? 90% hmm. of them were it's all trash. awful. <laughs> I mean, Most it was of like, it is garbage. Yeah, I mean, you're sitting there and you're buying games, so like, oh, let me try this. Let me give money to the indie developers. 
But like some of them are made, it seemed like fifteen-year-olds with no time to kill and yeah. no real patience or understanding of how to make a good game. Yeah, it, the, most of it was garbage. I, I, and the other, the other problem that is that they cannibalize their own stuff. It's like, oh, if something got released that was kind of cool in the indie scene, then it's like, oh, you know what? We're gonna bring that over to Xbox Live Arcade <laughs> and promote it and maybe make it a little bigger or whatever, so it never stayed indie. I, I think it. I think it's following right in latest. Uh, well, not latest for a while. The Microsoft model of, hey, let's see what other people, what other people are doing that seems to be work, and just copy them. And just, you know, to hell with what whatever worked with us in the past. Like, like uh, you know, if you just go with Windows 8, which is that, you know, basically a, a Mac ripoff for some reason. Sort of, kind of. I don't think so. No? I, I, think I, it, I don't think so either. I, 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 well, the reason why they made Windows 8, I feel like, is because of Apple. Like... I, yeah. I, I think that they're. I think that they are very reactionary. I don't think it's a, a ripoff, but I think that they yes. made it because of reactionary. What is they the right were. word. Reactionary. Yeah, they're very reactionary, and I, I think they're being reactionary again, which is a mistake. It's constantly a mistake with Microsoft, in my opinion. Yeah, and unfortunately, I, I ugh. And just to give the the people potentially listening to this. Um, uh, more, a little bit more of a heads up on my own personal thing. Like, I've been a Microsoft fanboy for a long time because I used to be a, like I used to be a Microsoft certified systems engineer. Like, that's part of how I made my bread and butter for a long time. It's part of the reason why I am where I am now. But, and yeah, you know, hardcore Microsoft fanboy. But it feels like in the last year or so, they're kind of going, and not just gaming. I mean, the whole company wide, mm-hmm. the company itself. It feels like it's lost direction a little bit. Like it's, I like I, I like Windows Eight. I actually am probably one of the few people that will say this. I do like Windows Eight, but even within Windows Eight and how they launched it and how they put out certain hardware and everything else, it's not the same company that it used to be several years ago. Like they're making this shift, and I feel like they're trying to become more Apple-like. And I don't know they've if been, it's working. They've for been it. doing it for a long time. They've been doing that yeah. for you know. Uh, I'm going to do a little way back here. Remember when uh, Apple put out uh, all those uh, Ma- uh, Mac versus PC commercials, where it's like the huh. hip Mac guy and then yeah, John yeah, Hodgman, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. And then and uh, what's and, his name? The actor, right? And then and then uh, Microsoft tried to look a little hippier, hipper. Um, also, and my take on it was they're so stupid because they should be doing the exact opposite. They should be taking those. Uh, Mac commercials, and they should be making the opposite of them by going, "All right, you're the guy in the uh, you know the flannel T-shirt. Now here's a big boy computer. That's what they should have done. They, they should they should have gone the other like, okay, we're going to wear a suit because we're going to do some real work now. Mm. And I bet you that I think that would have appealed to people. I, I don't know because that's what I want from my computers. As opposed to the Surface commercials, which though I gotta say, like. When people talk about buying a computer, a lot of people I've talked to recently have been kind of like, yeah, that Surface thing looks kind of interesting. And not even necessarily that they want a Surface itself, but they're at least from the commercial and like, ooh, that looked kind of hip and interesting. So I I can't say that's completely worked, but I think that maybe it's getting a little bit of attention as far as being like, hey, we can be hip too, but... Uh, okay, so it, you, it's 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 their execution. Like I think their advertising works really well. 
their execution's kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, we have one person here who owns a Wii U. And <laughs> Nintendo had a very different strategy going into this E3. Not, not only did they not show up to the, to the press conference side. Yeah. But uh, they, they went way away from <laughs> what they started with with the Wii U. Wii U was supposed to be this innovative thing. Yeah. Supposed to be this really exciting new technology that was going to change the way we ga played games yet again like the Wii did. And then this time they're just like, here's a bunch of games and yeah. sequels to stuff that you already love. <clears throat> love us again, please. Please, please come back. I know that you love this. You've seen this before. You bought it a million times. Come buy it again. But <laughs> we did we you... slapped a shiny face on it. Come buy it, please. Was the shiny face enough for you? No, not even close. There are a few games, though, that I'm like, oh... Like, I, I haven't bought a Mario Kart game in forever just because all the Mario Kart <laughs> games in the last few years have been the same. But the new Mario Kart game that they showed off at least looked a little bit better. It's like, oh, you know what? It looks a little different. Maybe I'll pick that one up. Um, they kept the hand gliding, and they added hovercrafts. Yeah, basically. yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah. It was like... Game is sold. Hovercrafts. And it's a transforming cart. No, I think we should all be driving hovercrafts all the time. Just get rid of cars, mm. and we should all be driving bumper cars from now on. Everyone. Just I thought Mario Kart 8, I think it's called, looks really good because uh, they finally have the technology to do courses that just go off the rails yeah, and get really are, crazy looking. Yeah, that are different enough where it's like, oh, okay, this actually looks like a different type of game. Like I'm, I'm like, all right, yeah, that looks kind of fun. I'll try that out. Um, so Mario Kart looked different enough. I've, <coughs> excuse me, I've never been a huge fan of any of the 3D um Mario's? Mario games, like uh, ever since Mario sixty four, like they've all been oh, kind of like. I really like the Galaxy series. Did you ever play? Um, I played a little bit of Mario Galaxy, and I'm not a Mario fan. Mm. However, I did, I did enjoy what I played. I liked the. Uh, there was a big space shooter that came out a long time ago. I think it was on PS one, and it was in the arcade. It was called Descent, I believe. Okay, yeah. yeah. It was like yeah. it was very much like a three three a three sixty space shooter, and it was really. Mm -hmm. Wild, and I always like that sort of take you out of your comfort zone and sort of like m make you really focus and get intense into a game. And during the big battles in, in Mario, I, I found that feeling again where it was like it was a little like when you went to like there was a uh, one planet where you go inside and you jump and you turn upside down and all of it was like, gravity was just a really interesting <laughs> right and it was a little disconcerting or disorienting and stuff and it made it very interesting to play mm. uh a beautiful made game bright colorful uh fun just uh you know not my cup of tea did you see the new one because I, I haven't seen the new one as far as i could tell it has cats yeah <laughs> oh yeah, i did like... i did see that i said they, they, <laughs> we they gotta made, buy they a week <laughs> I figured uh, the, in the internet has finally influenced Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the beginning of the end. It's, it's the same game they made for 3DS with cats in it, except maybe it's got some new levels. I don't yeah, know. Like, yeah, it, it, it just it, looks very uninspired. You know what? There is one game coming out for the Wii U that I am interested in. What's that? The new Smash Brothers. Okay. Uh, did, you see the, did you see the new character they introduced? I didn't see a new uh, character. You're talking wait, about the, the, uh, the Wii lady? Uh. The, the, the Wii Fit Instructor is a now a playable character. That is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I, I think it's a cool idea that they did it. I don't know if anyone's really going to be down. Like, I'm curious as to what her special moves are. Do, do, do you have to do yoga while you're, while you're fighting? Maybe. Maybe, maybe she'd be like Dalsim. Like, yoga! If you had to like, bring yoga up a Wii Fit mat 
<laughs> and use it and do like 30 push-ups before you could get up again. <laughs> that she was runs after Mario taunting him for being overweight. Oh god, have you ever used the Wii Fit? Uh, briefly. Uh, yeah, Or the Wii minor. Plus Fit or whatever it was called. Very like, little. Oh my god, that game. Sometimes you'll get on the scale and it'll go like, oh. And it'll be like kind of happy for Condescending. you. Condescending? <laughs> Sometimes it'll be really condescending. Oh, good for Sometimes you. you'll get on it after a while and it'll be like, hmm. Yeah. I'm like, jeez, this what, is yeah. a horrible thing. <laughs> and your character gets fatter, your little me. Yeah. He, he puts on weight or takes it off, depending on whether you've like worked out in a while. Hey, Why are you it, making me feel like this? Why did you buy the game? It's to motivate you <laughs> to do better. Right. They're, they're skating that line, though, which has always been well, funny. Well, good for you for trying. Yeah. <laughs> so it, the, that actually going back to the whole Wii Fit thing, it was like one of the disappointing things about their whole like non-press conference. It's like, oh, and uh, we know we said we'd get Wii Fit U uh, ready by the end of the year, but nah, it's going to happen next year along with something else. And it's like, uh, really? Mario, uh, Wii Party U. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wait, two two games that probably should be simple as all hell to, to update <laughs> from what you had before so, to just, like, because I... My theory is it's just really hard to make anything work with that second screen mentality. You know what? That might be the biggest problem is... Because they like, had no we, games for three months and... Yeah. How do we integrate this? And now they've got no screen? games coming out with any kind of second screen like, other than you can play it on the second screen. They've yeah. got no, like, yeah. innovative usage of it. Yeah. So, um, so is there any positives that you guys see? Like oh, Bayonetta the, 2. Bayonetta uh, 2, man. I can't believe that thing's real. Oh, I, I, and I'll try Bayonetta 2 from them, or from Sega, thankfully, putting out something for that, for uh, for the Wii U, because no it's one else seems Sega. to be. It's not uh, it's the, it's the, Sega. It's the, it's the producers of the original Bayonetta, and okay. Sega didn't fund it. Oh. So it goes now to uh, Nintendo being the publisher. Oh, Nintendo's what? Oh, And they okay. funded it, basically. All I mean, right. It's the weirdest match, because there's no other game that looks like it right now on the Wii. Yeah. <laughs> you. It, it, it's like looking at, like, Nintendo at the end of the, the press conference went through and showed all the games that are coming, like, to the Wii U, and you're just like, all right, yeah, that's coming next year, next year, next year, and then... It's like, all right, here are some third-party games that are coming also, and Ubisoft is bringing a bunch of games to the Wii U, but they're all games you can get on every other system. So, eh, why, you know, with the exception of a very few games, eh, there's no reason to own it. But they are excited. I mean, they're good-looking games. I can't, I can't fault them for Donkey Kong Country Returns Part Two, no, that, Frozen Isle, or whatever it's called. I'm sure that'll be cool next year when it comes out. <laughs> Yes. It's just like uh, yes. it's just it's not going to be a system seller. It's it's just another thing to keep the kids distracted for a little bit. Yeah. How long do you think Nintendo will continue to attempt to uh, to be a, first be a success party? forever, in, in like a in a console market? That's the tricky part because it's like you've got this other handheld that's selling gangbusters still. Right. I mean, they they, <laughs> they have the handheld market. They have they have a stronger hold on the handheld market as iPod does in the MP3 market. Mm -hmm. So. Why do they? They're in the, but they're consistently struggling on the console end. I mean, the GameCube didn't compare, even though graphically the GameCube was a powerhouse. It didn't have, you know, it didn't have enough enough 
disc memory. They also got cocky after the Wii, though, because the Wii was a breakout success. And right. It's in so many homes that it shouldn't be in. It was. <laughs> Retirement homes. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was, and it was an awesome machine for its niche market, but that's the only problem is that the Nintendo became a niche market item. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't see how... Uh, for the low cost that they sold the system for, and the cost dropped quick. Mm-hmm. They, they have to, how they could they have to go for more innovation. They, they, or just I gonna, agree. Yeah. But they also have to start putting out some damned games. Yeah, well, that's what I, I mean. I, yeah. I think Nintendo has one thing that they could really do that would capture the hearts, if not the minds, of hardcore gamers. And that's something that I personally have been complaining about that's been lost in gaming for a long time, especially in this new era. And that is imports. Mm. Imports. And I mean, Nintendo has always... If you, if you look at the Nintendo games that come out overseas, there's some shit out there. Like You're like, what the hell is going on with this game? Yeah. It's really whacked out and incredible. PS2 doesn't really have... Or, I'm sorry, PS3 doesn't really have that. Xbox 360 doesn't really have that. That sort of ended with the PS1. I mean, the, the, the Japanese-slash-American border between the games. I mean, I remember having to buy a Dragon Ball game for the Sega Genesis. I had to go to Chinatown to get the import yeah. and pay, like, an extra 30 yeah. bucks yeah. for it. And, and, I, but, and I it bought, worked. And it worked. <laughs> and you had to saw off the sides because it was a Mega Drive disc. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold, hold but, your um, system upside down. Vocaloid. File them down. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love those old vocal. hacking days. Yeah. I bought the Vocaloid Rhythm game, Hatsune Miku Project DBF, when I was over there. Hmm. And my wife and I are super addicted to it, but I found out they're actually releasing it here. Sega has decided to release it here, even though all of the songs are in Japanese. Yeah. It's, it's inscrutable to an American audience, but there's enough people here that, that don't care whether it's in Japanese or that love it because it's in Japanese that they're going to like take it in. So there's still somewhat of an import, Mario, but to think that that's coming over but, sort well, of proves it, your point. Right. But that, if that's coming over, I mean, the, the lines are drawn between import and domestic. I mean, the lines are not necessarily drawn. The lines are erased between import and domestic. Do you remember the game Captain Rainbow or whatever? It was like this, oh my god, it was it for the GameCube. I was there when it came out, but I never picked it up. I forget what it was called. It had another silly name. But Nintendo mm-hmm. never picked it up for release here. It was about all of the B-level... Nintendo people like Mario's golf persona huh. <laughs> lived on this island with this super flamboyant like guy named Captain Rainbow who had Whoa. to go around and fulfill their dreams of okay. being the star of their own game. See, that, that's no, Birdo was in it. And that sounds a little like the game you talked about that Sega yeah, made last. Se- Sega Gaga. Sega yeah. Gaga. It, uh, it, it, it was podcast. It was again as as Sega was uh, being beaten out by uh, by Sony. They knew that their time was coming to an end, and they just took all their iconic characters going way back from the beginning with, like, Opa Opa and all mm. the fantasy star characters and everybody, everybody they could mesh in, and they just had them fight, like, these kind of, like, uh, Sony-esque demons that were kind of generic, <laughs> and, and it was about how they're losing, and they just mm. lose it. it. It looked like the greatest game ever never came to the States. Mm. Yeah, neither did this one, and I, I guess... I guess I understand why. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it would have sold beyond a small niche market, but but that's the thing, though. Nintendo could really capture. Nintendo has become a niche market in and of itself. It's become this like sort of family system that wants to entice the hardcore gamer, but not push itself into the market. It's very timid about wanting its hardcore gamer um, demographic. If they just said, <clears throat> ah, F it. You know, we're gonna we're gonna start releasing some of these crazy imports that 
American audiences probably won't understand. You're going to find, I, I personally believe 100% that you would find so many people that would start finding these weird gems and start like, this is so different. I have yes. to play it because I'm sick of all the first person shooters. I'm sick of all, you know, the, the, the tactile, uh, tactile, uh, tactical games. Right. You know, I'm, I'm sick of all the, just these, these sort of like nouveau, uh, point and click adventures that are like now become the thing again. Like, or, or heavy rain style games. These, I love heavy rain. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah. But I mean, what I'm saying is everybody's making them now. Maybe. These button mashers or these, these hack and slash, and it's like it's all the same same stuff. Uh, Japan is still really crazily innovative right. with their games and what comes out. I mean, it's one of those things that yeah, as an American audience, you look and be like, oh my god, Japanese people are crazy. When you, you know, see something, because you look at games like Choiniki, which I still love. That game, uh, I think the last one came out for PS2. But it was just a ridiculous game, but it was huge over there. Never, I mean, I think it, it, they they tried or they thought about releasing it to an American market, never quite made it. Joaniki was a side-scrolling shooter where basically you play. I don't even know how to begin to describe. I, it. I, I, I played. I played probably around. the most homoerotic game ever made. I played. I played, oh, I played it at your game. house. It was for <laughs> PS2 or PS1. Uh, PS1. They yeah. made one for PS2. I it was insane. Yeah. yeah, you don't even know how to describe that. Game. It was a side shooter, right? Right, it's right. a side scroll, but you're, you're instead of a ship, you have a big muscle guy with, yeah. a, with a big dent in his head, and uh, just like a, a thong, <laughs> uh, and he spins around and he holds his crotch and goes down in flame. The, 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 uh, when, when he gets killed, like his crotch goes on fire, and he goes, "No!" <laughs> I just want to say that Japanese people love muscle men. I don't know what it is. It's not a gay thing. It's like this. Just like it's like the way that we love kitty, kitties. Mm. I, I still have my muscle men. There is a game. There's Can a game for the Wii called Muscle March. You ever seen it? No. You actually are just this muscle man who's running wild, and you have to like make the shape with your with your Wii motes of the walls that he busts through. See, that sounds awesome. As he chases a that, penguin who stole his title belt. That is exactly <laughs> that, my point. That's right. my point. There's, there's, I, you, I, don't, I have. I have. That sounds absolutely fucking insane to me. But I want to play it. Right. Yeah. And I want to see these. I want to so see good. these chances. I want to see these guys taking yeah. these crazy chances. And I'd be like, I want to learn more about this system. I'm totally yeah. on board. Then Nintendo is the perfect market for it. You're right. Yeah. yeah. It is the perfect market for it. If they could go out and capture these fucking whacked out imports, that if, if they look at the game they're like, oh, American audience would never be into it, and then say, let's release it. Yeah. They are the most timid company that, they, that pushes innovation. Right? But they wouldn't have to push innovation because these, game, these games are out in Japan. Right. And I just they want to point exist. out, your friend Joe from Digital Press was telling me nothing sells in the used market except for the first person, the first party titles from Nintendo. Mm. The Marios, right, the Zeldas, but, but, the Metroids. But, but we don't really know that because they never really took that chance. Right, right. It's like, yeah. and it's, you know, what we were saying before, that if you open yourself up to some third party, party licenses, you might see some other creative stuff come out too, not just on the imports. You know, some really interesting things. they're a very difficult company for third parties to work with yeah. as well. But I want to move on. Uh, I want to well, ask this question. Actually, real quick, to go... Sure, sure. Back, sorry, real quick. For Max, one of the things at Max's point, as far as imports and not taking chances, and that's things why like I that, have Sega systems. Sega loved imports. And strangely enough, at, on the Xbox in Japan, 
there are a fuck ton of load of there are a fuck load of titles that got released over there in Japan that never seen a lot of day here in America. Right? Where I'm just like, what the like I I I raved about like the anime Steins Gate, um, one of my favorite anime has been made in the last like I don't know how long, and it's it was based on a video game that was released for the Xbox 360, and. It, not released here in Japan or in America. It's just a Japanese only game. Like there are so many games over there like that. That it's not funny. There, it's just like, and it's like, oh, the Xbox is tanking in Japan. They made all these games for it, and people aren't buying them there. And it's did like, it? release them here. Did they release Scowl Gun here, where you shoot the girl's clothes off? No, I heard <laughs> about that though. Well, that's not another game they released. I've always wanted to play. I saw trailers for it, and I know it exists. I don't actually know the name. I don't think I ever actually found out the American or the uh, English name for it. Mm. But there was a game where you play. It came out in Japan. It's a Japanese game. You play the president of the United States of America. Was he black? Who, I have no <laughs> idea. But... Uh, no, he, he wasn't, but I'm just saying. Maybe they changed yeah, But, I mean, like, something like there's... there's uh, people attack... Somebody like attacks the United States or whatever, and he jumps into a giant fucking mech. Oh and, my god, I know this. I can't remember. And, and what it goes is, nuts, though. and like that's that's the game. That's you're awesome. you're playing as the the, the 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 president of the United States in combat using a giant mech, and it's awesome. So I want that's like 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 Earth Defense Force. Earth Defense Force, fantastic <laughs> game. Nobody would have played it. Oh, anyway, mm. all right. So we're gonna move on. Right. I, I, we could go on to the subject. Okay, so based on what you saw from the three conferences, what to you is next gen? What is it? What's? How do you sum it up? Wait, what, what are we getting that we're not all that we don't already have? And are they trying to sell something that we do already have? Right. Not, not I can not what we want. What they're trying to feed us. I can I can right. sum it up, and I think like I'll say I was gonna say like four words, but I'll say a sentence. Steam in console form. I, I, I'd, I'd kind of agree with that. Ex, uh, except I actually prefer Steam <laughs> from what they've shown slightly. And it is very similar in, for the most part. Like, And if, if it was just Steam, if what Xbox was trying to do was just Steam in console form, I'd be like, you know what? I'm down with that. Um, and I just, just to get into it slightly... Um, the whole reason that we've, you know, that some of us have been slightly down on the whole Xbox 360 thing is in partially, in part due to the DRM. Xbox that, One. Uh, sorry. sorry. X-Bone. Yeah, the X-Bone. Uh, is because of the DRM situation. Um, personally, I don't care as much about the whole used game thing. Um, that's my own personal thing because, partially because I'm used to Steam and used to buying things and not having it. You know, n- huh. not being able to sell it like it doesn't it doesn't make a difference to me as far as that goes. Steam can be pretty cheap though. That's so there there are there are several things where it, where it becomes not Steam yet, and if they prove it to be that later on, all right, you know, I'll I'm happy to go with that. But like as far as like like things I love about Steam, um, like I've I've been able to buy games. There are games I bought five years ago, six years ago, whenever I first started using Steam, that I've been able to play on every computer I've bought since that, since I bought those. Like, I, and I'm sure five, ten years from now, I can go back to that and still play 
any of those games on any computer I buy in the future. Like, it's just a non-issue as far as that goes. And the only other thing is that with Steam, if for whatever reason I feel like playing with my computer offline or I have my computer somewhere where I can't get online, it'll work for up to 30 days without me having to connect to the internet. Like, I can just, once it's on my system and it's downloaded and I proved I bought it, it'll just work for, like, a good month before it needs me to talk back to their system again. Manic, step in there? Well, two things on that point. A, uh, one thing that people seem to be missing about the Xbox One and their, like, you know, the, the online games that you purchase, the, their, their, their cloud storage games. Um, okay, Dave, you live all the way up in Massachusetts, so say I buy, I don't know, say Halo. We'll just, I have a Master Chief uh, statue up there. So say I buy Halo. Uh, on my account, okay? Now, if I go to your house and sign on to your system with my username and password, I can play my games on your system yep. off the cloud. All right. You know? Uh, also, you can sign up to eight family members that can also play our games. I think it's eight. eight. It might be ten, but yeah, eight, it's a good number. Something like it's that, a high right. number. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I suppose, like, you know, I could... <clears throat> include you as one of my quote-unquote family members so i mean that's an interesting way that you could still the drm yeah. isn't it's not that that for me i guess you know i'm not i'm imagining by the way everybody's so pissed off about it i'm not the average gamer you know i play one game every so often but like i really get into the games i play you know i i love the big games so you know i'm playing bioshock right now which isn't that big of a game but i'm still playing oblivion i freaking love it you know, I, I want to go pick up Fallout 3 again just because I haven't played it in a few months and I miss mm. it. Um, you know, I loved uh, the Mass Effect games. I mean, I, I spent no less than 60 hours on each each one of those games loving every second, even sitting there scanning planets for hours on <laughs> yeah. Just loved it. Trying you know? to not fall asleep while I'm scanning planets. But I fell asleep with a controller in my hand multiple times scanning I, planets. I've <laughs> done it too, but it's like, it's like zen. You know, it's... it's no. I, it's so nice. And we we probably games. each have our own way of moving the controller around to make sure you hit every yes. inch <laughs> of the surface of that planet. We each have our own method for no, this is the best way it'll work. Where I can still but, fall asleep and do it. So so the point is that's that's not, you know, really a big thing for me. Um question. Yeah. Uh, so the Xbox One, you didn't really think that it was a big deal uh, with the DRM. No, I don't I mean and you know what? That's another thing. Apple has been doing that for how many years? But, Apple has been like, okay. But not I, but not I, this 24-hour business. Not this 24-hour, you must log on every 24 hours. It's a big deal. You know what? That's, okay. Here's another thing that people aren't necessarily considering. Um, and all the years, I mean, I, I could say, honestly, if you put it all together, it's over 15 years that I have been in the multimedia entertainment retail business. I mean, I've worked at Blockbuster, Hollywood, West Coast, Palmer. Basically, I worked at every major video store chain on the East Coast. As they closed one after another, I'd move to another because I just love movies and video games, movies especially. You know, uh, Tower Records. Uh, keep going, you know, keep going, keep going. Fun Point, get your games, get your blah, 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 blah. Point is, you know, I started working at these when it was, you know, NES and VHS. 
Those were the two things that... And you had to blow into both of them at least once every 24 hours. It was like a breathalyzer. Right? So, I mean, I remember video... You know, I, was, I was helping out in video stores before, before they even considered renting games. Here's the point. I remember the, the media switch each time. Each time something new would come out, you know, every like, oh, this, that, the other thing. They they make all these promises and deny all these things that certain pieces of technology would and would not do. These promises and denials have been made so many times with so many things, and changes come out literally a month, sometimes a week before a system launches. So you had Xbox 360 and PS3 saying, oh, nobody, you know, it, the same paranoia about not being able to play used and borrowed games was being discussed like rabidly at the launch of the Xbox 360 and the PS3. But you 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 that was a big thing. But you're quoting the things that that made it. What are the things well, that that we complained about that did die out? Uh Divix. Right. <laughs> yeah, when, Divix was in nice, right. 1998 and that was about buying something that you didn't own. Right. Okay. So 1998 was approximate st- time I was working at Suncoast Video and Tower Records. I was actually working two video stores at the same time at that point, point. Um, and everybody was like, "Oh, this DVD thing's nice," but more people were like, "You know, uh, Divix is a little better. Like, you could try a movie out, but you don't have to own it. You could own it for like seven days, and if you don't pay for it, you know, it's gonna like lock out." And I'm like, "Wait, nobody wants that." Yeah, you know nobody wants to pay for something that's gonna then lock them out. And like, I actually had an artist. There's some random dude from Sunco who still owes me three hundred bucks. He's like, I will give you three hundred bucks, and by this time next year, DVDs in all the stores versus Divix. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that bet. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. dude, I remember the, the CD versus mini disc war. You know, I, I, or, or shit, dude. I, I my best friend when I was little had a Betamax player. Minidisc survived in the broadcast industry somehow. Yeah. It was the only place I've ever seen one other than Japan itself, which for some reason it flourished there. Well, Minidisc was people a... Holding them, because they had more of a rental market for music. It's not as that, but Minidisc was also a great concept. I mean, you had a disc that could hold as much as a CDR that was contained in a little plastic case so you wouldn't scratch it to all hell. You know and what you really, had a small player. You know what really failed about many of this, though? Exactly. Yeah. Is it gave the consumer too much power. It gave the consumer the power to record music in, a, in as high a quality as the disc itself. True. Mm. And True. CD didn't catch up with that for a couple of years, so you were buying CDs, but you weren't able mm. to record them for yourself. Yeah. So it was able to get a stranglehold by... I mean... It was much better for the companies, yeah, because they were forcing you to buy it rather than being able to like have your own copy. Yeah, and CDs are also infinitely cheaper, right? I mean, those 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 mini discs were, were pretty expensive, but they would have been cheaper if you know, I'm they sure, stuck around. Yeah, but you know, eh. So to go back to what you had just said a second ago, involving Divix. Um, also, CDs were used in like you know, like cars to like show that there was like a reflector. Oh, in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where the real market was. You could hang a Divix yeah. player. <laughs> I think a few people have. Yeah, yeah. What else are you gonna use it for? With the whole like Divix argument as far as like why it didn't sell and it kind of just died. Like what you had just said there was like, uh, no one like. Oh, it's going to do X, Y, and Z. Like no one wants that, and ultimately it died off. I'm hoping that 
Microsoft rises up because there are a lot of people that don't necessarily want. And once again, like I said, I don't necessarily care about the used game thing personally. I know some people are really up in arms about it. To me, I don't care. Like if I bought it, I'll keep it digitally. It's not a big deal. I I just don't like the whole check thing. And if they remove it, I'll fucking pre-order a three an X. I keep saying a three second. I'll, I'll pre-order an Xbox One like immediately because I think that what they showed off speaks more to me. I enjoyed that press conference more. I thought the games looked better and more interesting. But I don't want that check for for a lot of personal reasons. Like it, it doesn't fit in with my lifestyle. I don't want to mess with it. Hey, do you know? Uh, do you know Earthlink is still in business? <laughs> I don't know. They might. No, they be, they, they are. They are actually. They're, they're one of the they're one of the clients at the company I work for. Mm. Um, but here's the thing: the reason they're still in business is because there is a large percentage of not just the U.S. market, but international markets. That don't have high-speed internet. Yeah, they don't have broadband right. internet. Yeah. Now, do you honestly think that Microsoft is going to say, "Well, you know, fuck that market"? That's the crazy They're thing. They're not going to. They're it, not. Gonna it looks like they are. The guy from Microsoft the, was quoted as saying, "If they don't have internet, let them let have the 360. All right. And, oh, and do we do we believe everything that every I hope not. hype I, man has come out and said? I, no. I, I don't no, put anything past Microsoft. The guy that made yes. that statement is the president of Xbox. Hey, man, Peter Molyneux has done that for every oh, fucking yeah. game he's ever made. Oh, my God, right. where is Incredible Super Team? I, right. I want that Incredible Superhero game right now where I can I can make a superhero and the game adapts to his superpower. Like, if I give right. him one leg, he's a one-legged superhero and he hobbles around and he has X-ray vision. And My God, he makes sound, games sound so good. But he was yes. ahead of the curve by, like, 20 years. You're, you're absolutely right. So why why is everybody still like, oh, Peter Molyneux, you've lied to us every single time mm. you've launched something that you said was going to be life-changing. Uh, and then we got it, and it was good, and I enjoyed it, and I still yeah. play it, and I will buy the next one, but... Uh, no, Gene, yeah. Gene Wars you know, was terrible. Yeah, you know, but what I'm saying is, the point the point I'm trying to make is, don't believe the hype. When, that, when when the Dreamcast launched, we got promised the world, and obviously it didn't deliver. Dreamcast, I still hold a strong place in my heart for, just because I love Sega, and Sega Genesis to this day is still my favorite system, just because of the games were magical, and I could still go back and play any of those games and not be affected at all by the lack of, like, of, you know, crazy graphics. They're still fun. There, was, there was such a high quality to the games that came out for the Sega It's Genesis. interesting, though, that you're saying that we shouldn't believe the hype, because that's the opposite of hype, in a way. <laughs> we're, believing the, we're believing the negatives about <laughs> Xbox, but I don't feel like PlayStation has really thrown a lot of hype at us. In fact, they have... I mean, if you were to look at the two press conferences, and this is where I'm going to say my feelings on them, I would say that PlayStation showed us no future, really. Yeah. They showed us sort of the president, the president. <laughs> they showed us the president, the president in, yes. a more, they, they, in a more uh, flattering uh, they, light. They gave us more of the same, uh, more, more better. better of the same. But yeah, and which they gave us more better of the same. Said, like several times, like oh, the uh, the PS4, yeah, it's gonna be like the PS, it's gonna be more of the PS3, like. <laughs> and you know what the problem with that for me is? It's just that I mean. The, the graphics, even in PC games in the past maybe eight to ten years, graphics haven't changed that much, you know, noticeably. What? Uh, I mean, what, once DirectX 10 launched, that was kind of it. Well, you know, it's, we, it's, we, the, the, we the, have there's to... a major plateau in, in, right. in gaming graphics right now. So just to give us something that's more of the same, 
no thanks. I mean, we yeah. have we have to plateau though. I mean, you when when music was becoming bigger in games, at some point you're going to get some music where it sounds just like real music. Like I remember when Mario World came out and we were like, "Holy shit, that sounds like a real piano on that game." <laughs> and, like, and at some and point now we're like, "Oh, I love the retro sound of chiptune." I remember yeah. being blown away at just the opening screen of freaking Altered Beast. Rise from the grave. And I was like sitting in my fucking like, what was I, ten? And my jaw dropped over there. Yeah, well, it, it, amazing looking at the time. Right, but My point is actually a defense of Xbox One, which is that they actually seem to be, they actually seem to have a strategy here because they include the camera, the Kinect, with the Xbox, and that's sort of where the One comes from, right? Because it's supposed to be this package, this experience that is complete and total when you buy it. Mm-hmm. Whereas PlayStation, they're sort of doing an a la carte thing. They're going lower with the price, but you're not getting that PlayStation camera with it. Yeah. You know? And on top of that, Xbox, during their conference, showed us a couple things that we haven't really seen, which is that, that weird TV integration thing. I Rabbids love it. Game, yeah. The Rabbids game was showing. They're doing with Quantum Break. And I think this story is kind of getting lost, because I've talked to a lot of people who didn't really understand that Quantum Break is an episodic game series that is also coinciding almost simultaneously with a TV show of Hollywood quality. Yeah. Now, if the TV show sucks, the game is screwed. But the game, what you do in the game is not the same characters, and it actually impacts what happens in the TV show. That's just amazing. So you're getting a director's cut of the TV show based on choices you make in the game, which means that when you talk to somebody, they're going to have a totally different idea of what's going on in their world. Mm Mm-hmm. It's separating it, us, but it's kind of cool. It, it's definitely interesting, and I, I, I'm curious to see where they go with it, and I hope it really works well. And I don't think it's separating us at all. I think that actually brings people more, because people are going to want to talk more. Like, I remember when I played Fallout 3, for example. Mm. You know, that was the first game that, I re- that really made a different game when you played it. Like, yeah. a lot of games previous had promised that experience, but no games ever really delivered upon it. Like, oh, did you get this part of the game? No, I didn't. Really, what happened there? You know, it was, oh, I killed that fucking guy. I didn't right? know he was going to do something cool. And, <laughs> exactly. And that's what this could really lead to. It could really, really lead into a lot more of a social integration into that gameplay. But is that, I mean, is, you can have a market of people that want to just talk about, like, well, oh, what happened with your character, you know? I think that's a really fantastic concept. With, with TV as a concept changing... It's an interesting idea to start injecting this idea that we can change what, 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 what entertainment wait, are, experiences. But are we you get. saying are you saying we're collectively everybody that's playing uh, the Xbox is collectively changing the way the TV show works, or you are you are changing? From what I understand, it's you. Uh, how does that? You work? are getting your own tailored experience from the game. I mean, I would say the Telltale games. The Walking Dead, which won a lot of uh, Game of the Year awards, sort of had some of that in it. But I think all of them ended up at the same place eventually. I think yeah. every every person's game experience ends up with... I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it because it really is a fantastic game about choices. And yes, when you say when I, when I bring up that, I think of Heavy Rain. And I think, yeah, okay, so there are a couple games that are doing this similar thing. But... Right. They're also, you know, th- those two games are very different. Mm. I think Heavy Rain was really about putting the controller in your hand. 
and making you feel super connected to those characters and their decisions. And it also let you kill off characters, which is crazy, because they died for good, and you could end up at the game with just one of, mm. like, the four main characters alive. Mm. Oh, wow. And if you, were, if you were a real player, if you were a real player, if you were, if you were really into it, like I was, you wouldn't even bother going back to your save if you lose a character. You just let them die because that's that's how you chose to play the game. Spoken like a good D and D player, right there. <laughs> right, right, right. right? Uh-huh. Anyway, that's that's how I feel about these systems. I mm. I love the PS4 for just giving me a very seamless, and I'm going to use that word a lot here. I think that we're getting a seamless experience. I think that's what they're pushing with these new. They're giving us so much technology and processing power that they're trying to remove the, the strings that you see in every game. The so, as far kind of going back and maybe answering one of your original questions and pushing forward to where we are now, please. Um, you asked like, what do I think next gen is, um, and what they're you know how it relates to what I guess they've shown us. Um, and my honest answer to that is that I don't think they've shown it to us yet. Oh, that's a good, that's a good answer. Because, uh, in all seriousness, like if, we, if you look at where like the Xbox 360 and the PS3 launched at, compared to where they are now, they're like two completely different animals. Like, when they launched, they were at one point, and it's like, oh, hey, all right, we're... Uh, it feels very much like in the same spot. And if I may, yeah. When PS3 launched, I mean, when PS3 and Xbox 360 launched, Xbox 360 was Xbox 360. Yeah. And now PS3 is Xbox 360. Yeah. Oh, they completely. You know what I mean? Like, no, like, I mean like they literally like PS3 literally adopted Xbox 360 yeah. like architecture. Yeah. Uh, like the way that they built their live community. Yeah. They never did it as well, but they definitely stole. A lot of their ideas, oh. including achievements, and yeah, yeah, all of those things, and they made them their own. And, and yeah. when they launched, they didn't have any of that. Yeah, they, so. it started out as just like, well, hey, we're it's this random box, and we don't, you know, whatever. They didn't know what it was, but now they definitely know what it is. Yeah. at least, at yeah. least. So, so for one, I think that not having, um, uh, not having an idea of, like, where they want to go from here yet, maybe? Like, I think that that's part of it. Like, it's not... They're not there yet. Like, they're throwing something out in the wall, and it's like, hey, here's this box. (laughs) It's not really going to be next-gen yet, but give us, like, a year or two, and it'll be awesome. The other... So, to... to The second part of that, though, and which goes back to something Max had said about, like, oh, PC games haven't really changed. Like, things have kind of plateaued. I feel like on the PC game things kind of plateaued graphics wise and other other things wise is because of consoles like consoles only had so much RAM in them and everything else so they were it's like this thing that was released several years ago and most games released on the PC are also console based games so you have this other thing kind of to let to hold you down and now that the consoles are going to be like eight are going to have eight gigs of RAM and everything else, it's like, okay, maybe now we, everything can move, take this step forward yes. where it was being held back. Yes. But it's going to probably take a good year or so. This is going to be great for PC it. gamers. This is oh, be fantastic. yes. I, 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 got, I got a my whole... Steam account is going to blow up. <laughs> Before you say that, Dave, I just want to say Witcher 3. Did you guys see that? Holy crud. Holy crud, does no, Witcher 3 look that. good? What? I did not see the that. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt looks like... Mm. It's like... 
oh my god, I, I heard it's like the entirety of Witcher 2 fits into one like part of Witcher 3. It's just hmm. so big in scale and it's so beautiful. And it's going to be on console and it's going to be on PC. And the PC version will probably be even prettier at oh. some point. But, you know, like that, at least that's... now the vision is being transferred directly to the console as well. Dave? I, I have a I have a whole uh, different prediction on uh, the way the next gen is going to evolve. And this is not necessarily me hoping it'll go this way, but I do. I think that there's a void in the gaming market. And we're going to see somebody else, maybe Google, step in in a way we don't expect. And I think it's going to have a lot to do with Google Glass. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm like, thinking about your... I don't want to say it out loud because I don't want to put that out there yet because of the, yeah, the well, app that I, I we think, talked about. I think, <laughs> and, and, and that's sort of what I'm thinking because what uh, I, I'm, I'm very excited about Google Glass. And uh, essentially it's doing what... What all the science fiction novels, you know, for, for a long, long time now have been saying is going to happen, that the digital and real world are going to integrate together. It's the lawnmower man! No, not like that. <laughs> but, but like, for instance, one thing that... Johnny Mnemonic! One thing that... I want a club sandwich! <laughs> and a thousand dollar hooker! <laughs> it was a thousand dollar an hour. So, so like, like for instance, dolphins, dolphins, yeah. Dolphins, yeah. Dolphins, yeah. Well, uh, okay. Sorry, go on, no, no. So for like, sorry, we really got distracted over here. That's cool. That's cool. They're but like uh, swimming laser dolphin holographics right in front of us right now. I, I'm all about the cyberpunk conversation. Always, always. But like, okay, we'll save that for another podcast. So, so Google, you know. Uh, as you're walking past, and this will occur on the pads too, as you're walking past a Starbucks, it's going to know that you're there, and it's going to give you an, uh, a coupon for that Starbucks that you happen to be walking past, or something along those lines. It's going to integrate with the real world. and Effectively, it becomes gonna... a walking mobile pop-up ad. Right. Yes, but, but it's also going to give you an achievement for getting a, uh, like a, a grande latte <laughs> or whatever. Hey, if, right? if, if I get points, it's, it's worth it. Lives. But but I don't see any reason why it stops there, and I think that it's going to integrate games into that experience as well. Oh, absolutely! And I think uh, that's I mean, going to be a big future until someone going into a Starbucks takes out like their knife and starts stabbing because <laughs> they think I, it's a zombie. I'm going to make one more little funny on that comment, and then I think we should close out in an hour because last week we went on for like an hour and a half, and it was a bit too long. And I think we covered a lot of really good information here. I mean, yeah. the E3 just stopped. I mean, we're we're not even remotely done seeing what seeing information about what's going to come out um so my 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 little funny uh <laughs> in that aspect is I, I thought about this too actually i thought about the whole achievement achievement thing with google glasses since that's like a big thing making badges and and, and earning stickers and all this stuff um so this is all actually, Dave. I think you and I talked about this a while back, like during a road trip, where we're saying like, "Oh, how do we earn experience points?" Like we're driving through Ohio or something like that. Like, there's like a little patch of woods, like in the in the middle of this giant field, and it looked odd. It looked like in an RPG when you're walking through the grasslands. All of a sudden, there's this random fucking shithole patch of woods. 
that there's monsters in there. We could go level up if we walk back and forth in there for 10 minutes. You know? <laughs> so Google Goggles is going to have stuff like that where you can level up and just like have a, like a life app or life experience. So if you and your friend and maybe a bunch of people go to a club and everybody's got their Google Goggles on, which is kind of hard to say. And everybody's got the Google Goggles. Google Goggles. Google Goggles. Google Goggles. Yeah, on. it should just be Google or something. Yeah. Google. Can I get Steampunk like, Googles? There you Googles. go. I'm sure. I'm sure some people do that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, maybe you and your friend go to a bar, uh, you help your friend hook up with some chick, and all of a achievement unlocked. Yeah. Wingman. Wingman. You know? <laughs> There's going to be stuff like that. Or, like, you know, if you hit five coffee shops in one day, Oh, jitterbug, you know. You know, so. that that makes me sad because I'm, I know I'm going to get so many wingman points, but nothing else. Oh, boo. Oh. <laughs> Game of the show. Richard. Oh. Uh, shoot. Uh, I'm going to say Titanfalls. Titanfalls. I didn't, Chris Manning. Uh, I, I, all I really saw was the new Halo. Was that a game of the show? Uh, I'm pretty stoked. I don't know. I mean, oh, oh, the new, the new fucking Metal Gear too. That looks pretty mm. badass. Though. Unironically, I'm choosing Octodad, deadliest. Oh dad. my god, <laughs> <laughs> that thing looks ridiculous. Yeah. I love Octodad, but I thought I can't control this with a PC. Dave, this is, this I, is I, insane. I, I actually missed the question. What was the question? Your favorite game of the show. Um, then I'm gonna have to go with uh, Rise, Son of Rome. Mm. Bushido Blade. Bushido Blade. <laughs> Bushido Blade. Yes. All right. Well, that wraps up our special E3 coverage. Uh, E3 podcast, I guess. That's pretty much what we'll call it. Yeah. Because that's all we really talked about oh, for an hour. Boring. Oh, well, uh, I don't uh, think it's Exbone. Exbone <laughs> was enthralled. Yeah. Exboned my PS. <laughs> Exboned and pissed. Exboned and pissed. There you go. <laughs> That, that's it. Exboned and pissed. I can remember the next thing. Put the exboned in your mouth. Put the exboned in your mouth. Oh, our old sign off phrase. <laughs> that got old fast. All right. <laughs> next podcast. Let's go. All I'm right. ready for it. All right. Well. All right, Dave. Yes. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut out now. So uh, thanks for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed our little uh, E3 talk about, and um, see you next podcast. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See you.